and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. How are you? Welcome to episode 43 of the Money Magic Podcast. So my name is Vangile Makwakwa and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. Today I have an incredible guest with me. It's one of my clients, Rainier Smith. And Hello. <laughs> hi, Rainier. How, are you? How are you? Hey, hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for joining us all the way from the Netherlands. Yes, it's always great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, I'm very curious about this podcast. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel like, um, I don't know why I didn't tell you that I do this podcast, but I felt like, well, I sent out the emails, you're on my mailing list. (laughs) You'll get it, but I guess you've been very, very busy. So thank you for just saying yes and agreeing to have a conversation with me yes i'm looking forward to it as always uh, so much fun to talk to you and i always learn so much when you when, when we are in a conversation together so uh, probably this uh, this talk will also be for me very fruitful and, uh, and there will be a lot of new sort of insights even though you're asking the questions oh. i think i will get my insights as well Thank you. I hope so. And guys, I will say this. Rania is one of those clients where like after the coaching session, and my coaching sessions are quite long, right? <laughs> after the coaching session, we'd end up like having an extra hour long discussion. And to be honest, like it, I do that with a few clients, but not all of them, right? And this was just so incredible like having him as a client because we'd be able to just unpack and go deep into many topics so looking forward to this conversation but before we even jump in Rainier please tell us about yourself and what you do yeah well I'm Rainier I'm 
from the Netherlands. Um, I've uh, lived in, in South Africa for 10 years. And uh, prior to that, I, uh, I started working in the film industry, first in Europe and then in South Africa as a, a script supervisor and as a director. Uh, so I'm a filmmaker by heart. Uh, I also write, so I, I'm also a screenwriter. And uh, my true passion is cinema and telling stories. And for me, like, uh, like uh, I'm a very visual person. So for me, it's really uh, my, my, the best way for me to tell stories is, do it, is telling stories with images. And uh, therefore, I ended up in the film industry. And currently, uh, well, thanks to Vangile, I also changed my career um, to become more like an autonomous filmmaker, a person that's not only thinking about, oh no, I need to make money, uh, I need to survive, but also a filmmaker that just is thinking in terms of what do I want to make? What, what kind of stories do I want to tell? And uh, thanks to Pangile, I, I made that uh, switch. And, um, and since uh, like a year or so, I'm doing a lot of uh, projects that, uh, that are my own projects. Um, I am writing much more. There, there are like now five or six projects um, that are happening right now that I've written the screenplay. Uh, or they are still in development or they're in the cinema. And, uh, and also when it comes to directing, I've, I've directed uh, a couple of things. Um, uh, in two weeks time, I'm going to Spain to uh, direct for a movie, uh, like a second unit job uh, as a second unit director. And uh, yeah, so like slowly but surely, I, am, uh, feel, I feel comfortable to just uh, make decisions based on my own instincts and my own like wishes in life. Wow, I had no clue you were going to Spain to do a directing movie. That is yes. a director movie. How long will you be there for? Oh, not so long. It's only it's it's going to be second unit, so I will only be there for two weeks. In, oh, uh, wow. like in Barcelona, in the Barcelona area. Yeah. That is so amazing. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so this is so exciting um, to see you be a director, like to see the journey unfold is just something incredible. But before we even jump into your journey, Rainia, can yeah. I please ask you my favorite question, which is yeah. what does money mean to you? How would you describe money to an alien? And just answer anything. We've had all sorts of answers on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I, I didn't uh, prepare the question, so I'm definitely gonna just use, uh, just gonna say what, what I'm thinking. For me, money is uh, a way to, um, to, uh, to, to get your dreams uh, pushed into the right direction. So it's a way to, it's a kind of way to express yourself. So, so um, money is for me just something that can help me to get somewhere, but besides that, I don't care about money. Like I don't want, I don't, I don't need to ha uh, have stuff. I don't need to become very rich. Um, the only thing that I want is to to express myself, to create, to be a creative person. And mm -hmm. if money can help me to fulfill my dreams in life, then money is going to be an amazing tool to use. And, yeah. uh, and if money can also um, 
help other people because I think that creating is not a, a solo job like uh, like creating yeah. you don't do by yourself. If there's a way to create commun communally or to help other people to create, and in a way money can also help them or help the community that you're creating with, then that can also be like an amazing tool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like that. I feel like. Um money is a tool that can help us manifest our dreams right like i feel it is definitely harder for us to manifest our dreams without money <laughs> it yeah. makes life just that much harder so when did you start suspecting that um your money story was just a little bit more than just about money and more than budgeting yeah, I had a very uh, negative relationship with money, but not because um, I had money issues or like my issues with money weren't reflecting on my bank account. Mm. It was the fact that uh, that I dread, I hated money. I always thought that standing in the way between me and my dreams and between mm. me, like every time I, I wanted to do something, for some reason, I, it felt for me that money was, uh, it, or the lack of money was in the way. Mm -hmm. So I uh, uh, may only ma made a lot of decisions in my life um, to, uh, all my decisions were based on, okay, I need to have, have money. And the moment I have money on my bank account, then I'm going to think about creating and, and being mm -hmm. a filmmaker. So for a long time, I never got to the point of creating, or at least uh, not completely, because every time I was more busy making money. So in my bank account, the situation was okay. It was not uh, like I wasn't in a terrible financial state, yeah. uh, in quite an okay state. But the fact that I was so negative about money, like I, for me, it felt like money really spoiled everything because all the time, I had to work to get money and I didn't have any time to do what I really wanted. Mm -hmm. And sessions with you, thanks to um, our talks and, and meditations, I actually started to sh have a shift in my, in my mindset that, uh, that I started to realize, yeah, but it's, it's not uh, the money that I have to hate. It's the way that I actually am uh, treating my, my uh, dream of, of being a filmmaker is the way that I'm looking uh, how I can be a creator and make money. It's not either or, it can also be both. And uh, focus and about, um, yeah, and about being a little bit bold and courageous as well. So, uh, so right now my relationship with money is much better. And uh, funny enough, um, it, that it helps. It's like racing pro It's like money is also treating me better, and uh, and right now it really feels like that that uh, that choosing what I really want to do also in a way pays off. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you said that, Rania, because often people think that people come to me. Um, I always say like a lot of my private clients, funny enough come to me not because they have a lot of money issues a lot of my private clients come to me because not because they have empty bank accounts or they have no money in their bank accounts but because they have money but there's something there that's like not quite adding up like why is it if I have this money I'm still not able to do what I want to do and why does it 
why don't I feel safe having this money? You know, yeah. so there's always this, and that's why I say it's never about the money because people often assume that people do money work because they come to heal their relationship with money because they have hectic money stories. Yes, I did, but not everyone that works with me is like that. In fact, a lot of my private clients have like a lot of money in their bank accounts and they're good with it. They, some of them don't even have debt, none of that drama. And yeah. it's just like, but there is just something. How do you pursue your dream? How do you live your purpose? And you have money. Yeah, how you can do both. Well, yes. actually, that was something that I, in the beginning, thought what wasn't possible. So I thought that, yeah, like, like uh, I can, it's like a choice. I'm like in a, on a crossroad and it's either mm -hmm. making money and have a miserable life or choose to to be creative and to to live your dreams or to 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 um, to choose for your dreams. But then you also have a miserable life because you need money in life. But yeah. um, but so you're the starving creative. You're happy at work, yeah. but you're financially broke exactly. and you're not exactly. able to pursue your goals. I think this is how we've been taught, though, in so, in society. Right? We have the starving writer, the starving actors and actresses all that and so we kind of like have been taught to see creativity and brokenness for lack of a better word as something that kind of like can go hand in hand but that's not true it doesn't have to be the case I mean you're living proof and I feel like I also interviewed one of the Money Magic stewards, uh, students, Tony Stewart. So I guys, guys, I think Tony's episode four, so way back. So if you're a creative, listen to her. And I'm sure I've interviewed other creatives before. I'm just not able to recall their episodes. Mm -hmm. And they're also Money Magic students. And they are making a living from their creativity and able to really make money doing what they love and pay things and buy assets and invest it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive but we do live with the societal upbringing can you share how like you were able to i know some of the things that we did but what were some of the helpful things for a creative listening in and thinking i want to go and do the art i want to go be full on creative, but I'm also scared I'm going to starve to death. What are some things that like, what are some aha moments or insights that you had that helped you make that leap or some exercises that really helped that when, when we were working together that helped you? Well, yeah, I actually, the, there have been so many insights uh, and, uh, and so many exercises that really, that really helped because it really felt for me it was really like a whole process so it's not like like that that's maybe one thing completely changed the script for me but it was really like the 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 sort of uh, it's already 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 started with like a shift of focus i thanks to you thanks to our sessions i started to focus on um that uh, a lot of um, ideas that I had were just based on fears and based on anxiety mm -hmm. and based on negative thinking. They were not real. They were not like based in reality because mm -hmm. how would I know if I say, yeah, I can't um, um, be a filmmaker uh, and at the same time make money or I can't be a screenwriter at the same time make money. 
if I say that, how do I know that? It's on, it's like a, it's like an image that I build in my head that is based on fear and anxiety and 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 fear of losing as well. So, thanks to our sessions, like uh, we did a couple of uh, uh, meditations and we did uh, regression, like going to past lives. And we we went. Oh yeah, to guys, the past life regressions are lit. <laughs> <laughs> We did, uh, yeah, well, and we did uh, ancestral work, we did breathing exercises, and all of them, um, yeah, helped me with, uh, with stripping all the layers of, of fear and anxiety, and also of uh, sort of like a minority complex, and, uh, and, and, and not really fully uh, um, live uh, up to my own strength and my own power. And uh, but it really our sessions really helped me to 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 have a different kind of way of looking at the situation, looking at myself, and uh, mm. and it really made me, yeah, more confident about uh, taking steps and uh, and also confident about that that a lot of my thoughts were just based on negative thinking and not based on reality. Mm. Mm. So glad you said that because I feel like what we don't talk about often is how trauma like exacerbates fear, right? Yeah. So even um, an example, like for me, I was, I've been sharing with people now that I'm in Cape Town, I'm like so happy. Yeah, guys, so I'm filming this in Cape Town. As you can see, my background is now different, like <laughs> different <laughs> episodes. So um when I was in Joburg before 2021, for years, I would land in Joburg and I would feel freaked out. If I saw people passing me by, I would like freak out. I would want to hide, not because of any, not because of Joburg, but because I come from an extremely abusive maternal family. So when I left Joburg to move to Cape Town, I was 17, but I was not just leaving. I was running away to survive, like literally survive. And it was very much a physical thing because there was so much violence, verbal, emotional, physical abuse involved that I was just scared. So even when I was in Joburg and even after, even though I knew I had these boundaries and people wouldn't be bothering me, all that, the fear was still there. And it took years and years of working through it to remind myself and my nervous system that I was safe. So I feel like when we talk about trauma is that like, it's, it doesn't have to be as huge a thing as it has been with me, guys. So if you're listening, it might be gonna be small little things, right? And like those small little things, even though the event isn't happening now our psyche will keep retrieving those events and like our body will respond in the same fearful manner so i'm glad that you brought that up about like as we heal the layers and like healing the fears and also what you said i want to dig into past lives so yeah. you're like i think this is the third time people have mentioned past lives on this podcast <laughs> guys if you're super Christian and you're like oh my god I don't believe in this don't worry it's not a big deal you will not be forced to do past lives however this is a big however and disclaimer I do not control where the meditations go right so and, and me neither like like it wasn't that I wanted to go to a past life but I just ended up there yeah so what was the experience with that like how 
Like, I mean, I'm sure people are listening to this and some people are like, oh my God, exciting. And some people are like, yeah, whatever. And some people are like, what the hell? Please tell us more. What was your, like, what did you learn from past life experiences, especially around trauma? Why do you think past lives are important in this lifetime? How well, do they like, think to this lifetime? Yeah, like, I, I'm not like a, a strong believer in past lives. Uh, so, but when it happens, then of course, then you, then at a certain point, you have to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, so I'm not advocating for past life. If, if somebody, some of the listeners uh, don't feel anything by past life, that's also fine. But I think when you meditate, you should always have an open mind. So mm -hmm. uh, you shouldn't start meditating already, like uh, having like a whole system of belief system in your head or saying, okay, this is something that I believe in. It's not just, just, uh, just listen to your breath and, 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 and then just, your, your 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 mind and soul will take you wherever it takes you so i i went to a past life and uh, and past life experience for me it really felt like it's almost like a memory that echoes uh from very far away and comes mm -hmm. to you and those and it is a memory that is so vivid mm -hmm. that uh, or it's actually like a like like an image or a, a series of images that are so vivid that you have a very strong feeling that it was actually you yourself who experienced it. It wasn't like when you dream uh, about something, uh, sometimes it feels so far away from who you are that it feels like, oh yeah, it's just a dream or it was, it was not really me, but like a past life experience is so strong that in a way you are convinced that it was you, even though it was in a different time and, 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 and I was in a different place. And it went to a place of trauma because uh, unfortunately traumas are most of the time the, the strongest when it comes to memory. So I went to a memory that, that, and there was trauma involved, but it also put my traumas in my own life into a whole different perspective because sometimes you have traumas and you don't know where they come from. And yes. with, with this meditation, I really went to a past life. I experienced a trauma that my current self also has and I start to understand where this trauma comes from from a past life but also how I had to deal with it and that's basically now I had had a way to to overcome my trauma to to learn how to go beyond the trauma and that was like an amazing moment so whether you don't believe it or not it really helped me like so I, I was skeptical but it really helped me to get past the trauma yeah and part of it was that like when we looked at your lifetime in your childhood we couldn't find where this was coming from right so yeah. you can do the work guys but if in this lifetime the, there's nothing that is indicating that this could be the source of the trauma there's nothing to do but like to start looking into past lives right so we can look into ancestral stuff but if we can <clears throat> if you can see that other family members don't have the same experiences then it's probably not ancestral then it's unique to the soul you know not all times sometimes it's it is it can be ancestral so i just think <clears throat> I like past lives because of that. Oh, now my throat is groggy. I'm going to have some water. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, 
there is not a the, maybe the difference between ancestral and past life is not that big because mm -hmm. it's of course um, um, sometimes you don't uh, sometimes they're just images that you get and and maybe it was ancestral maybe it was or maybe it was a past life but sometimes it's not that clear I I, I know from other people that for, for them it is clear when they, they have some kind of ancestral uh, moment and it's clear because they, basically the ancestors talk to them but in my case it was it was really like like and it was like a memory but a memory mm. from very far so it was it's was, the same with me like i feel like people say how will you know if you're having a past life memory and how do you tell it apart from an ancestral memory you can like you just know <laughs> You know? yeah. Like there's no other way to explain it. You just know that this is you and you understand it and you just, and you can feel it. It's like, you know, with certainty that I've been here, this is me. It's hard to explain. And yeah. also I say to people, and obviously if it doesn't work, you'll know because like you're still the same person, but most people after they do past life work, there's a shift in their behavior and how they respond to the same trauma that they've been dealing with. Why? Because in the same way that you would do inner child and inner teen work and experience that shift, you've now just gone into a, into a past life memory and you've healed that. So you're going to experience the same shift as though you were doing inner child and inner teen work. Um, yeah. I think a lot of things it's because we believe that we need to have like faith in it or it goes against our faith and our religion if I do a past life <laughs> regression or I allow myself to go into past lives but it's I've never felt like that you know I'm like healing is healing there are things that I will not also understand in different modalities of healing but if I feel comfortable with it and I don't feel like it re-traumatizes me let's see yeah, but it's up to the individual. Yeah, but but I I, I think I just asked myself, where does the trauma come comes from? Like I meditated on that question, and then mm. it brought me to a past life, and it wasn't really that I was asking for let, uh, let's go to a past life, or yeah. it just happened because I just had a very open mind and was just asking, okay, where is this trauma coming from? Mm. And uh, yeah, and then eventually it really helped me because now I have a way to, to deal with it. Yeah. So how do you, wow, this is exciting. <laughs> Let me just acknowledge this. This is awesome, guys. See, we talk about all things in the Money Magic podcast and we do all <laughs> things in healing. Not only <laughs> well, not money. all things, but we do some pretty cool things around trauma healing, I feel. It's not cool when you're doing it because it is painful to go into these memories. I won't lie. Like I cry a lot in my past life memories. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, look, no, at no, because... look at my soul over there struggling. <laughs> yeah, because you said, you just said um, um, just now that, uh, that, that, uh, that sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's very painful or like, uh, like, uh, like you don't want to get to a too painful uh, place uh, that, that you relive the trauma. And that's, I, do understand that but unfortunately going back to the place trauma is always a little bit painful but uh, but of course you you have to be sure that you are able to that you're, that you're able to uh, ready to deal for, with it if you're not ready then maybe you shouldn't do it but 
the moment you're ready, then of course it will always be confrontational because you go to a place where there's sadness and there is like something that needs healing. Uh, but eventually you really feel a, a sense of relief or a sense of growth or a sense of empowerment. And I think that's mm. always beautiful, even though yeah, sometimes yeah, it's I a little bit of pain. That you said that. Um, I agree with that. Like I have nothing to add except like, thank you for saying that. Like, cause I always say to when people are like, but what, like, why would I go through the pain? You know, like, I don't want to heal because it's so painful to heal. But I'm like, you know, the way that I look at it, it's like, let's say I'm carrying this load because that's literally what it feels like in the body. I'm yeah. carrying this 20 kilogram or 20 pound load everywhere I go. And I carry it for years and years because I don't want to do like something that will make me uncomfortable for like six months so that I can stop carrying the load. So I decide I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to take the six month route. I'm just going to continue to carry the load for another 20, 30 years. And like, yeah. not only that, because it's trauma, this load doesn't remain 20 pounds or 20 kgs. It keeps growing. Every year it grows by a kilogram or a pound. It keeps growing It keeps growing. Until by the time after 30 years, it's no longer a 20 pound or a 20 kg load. It's like a 20, it's like a 50 kg or 50 pound load, right? So that's what trauma is really. So when most of us keep delaying the healing, it's like, it just piles on everything, right? Like before we weren't sick. And now because of all the trauma that we carry in our bodies, our organs start experiencing all sorts of illnesses, all sorts of blockages. So now what was just like a simple emotional issue is now an emotional issue plus a physical issue that now causes disease, right? So it's like, no, I would rather just deal with the with the actual issue right now and be uncomfortable right now. But knowing that I drop this load and I no longer have to carry it and it's good for my health. So yeah. that's always been my approach to this. Yeah, I think like, yeah, that's also what enlightenment means, right? It's, it's also that the, you, you're light, you make yourself lighter, you make yourself uh, brighter. So if you are- oh, if you, I do not know, <laughs> I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, so it's, it's so if you find a way to 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 get rid of that weight or to make yourself lighter as a being, then uh, then you are on the road for for enlightenment or to wow. enlightenment. So it's releasing because that's literally it, right? Like I feel I've always thought of trauma as that, like as, of healing and integrating trauma as that. It's just like releasing the false belief systems, releasing the behavioral patterns that we have taken on in order to survive. Yeah. Ooh, speaking <laughs> of, how has your definition of trauma changed uh, since we started working together? What, is, what was your definition of trauma before? Maybe you didn't really have one. And then how has it changed as you started your healing journey? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, actually, you already pointed out, I didn't, didn't really have a definition of trauma before. I think um, uh, trauma was something that I, I was trying to uh, ignore and uh, was, was not trying to confront. And uh, so it was like the, the, the thing that I didn't want to think or talk about. Um, 
I did. I did know that uh, I had some kind of traumas uh, in my life, uh, but yeah, it's like you just try to hide them for yourself. Um, so, so for me, in the beginning, trauma was something I didn't wanna, yeah, wanna think about. And then uh, during our sessions, um, yeah, like I think, yeah. There have been a, a many, like a versatile, um, a, a lot of different ways I'm looking at trauma right now. Like trauma mm -hmm. is definitely something that for me right now is, is something that, that, uh, that, 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 I, that, that a person needs to visit uh, a, a place of trauma to understand um, how to move on in life and how to surpass the trauma, how in a way transcend away from the trauma. Um, for me, trauma also means um, that there are still a lot of lessons that you can learn. Like, uh, even though a lot of trauma is not caused by yourself, you can still learn so much in, way, in terms of how to deal with them, how to um, think about them, how to move away from them, or how to move away, almost sounds like running away from them. I, I mean, go beyond them. Um, so, so, uh, it's a, it's a big learning curve as well. Like, like, uh, like facing your traumas or dealing with your traumas. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also no longer see them as negative. I see them oh, as that. something that, uh, is part of life. Uh, I just see them the way they are because I'm now ready to look them in the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, so trauma for me is a trauma and it's something that's, I have to deal with and uh, and also in due time sometimes you don't need to slay all your dragons at once but um, you, you just take one dragon at a time I would say. I like that oh my gosh that is so powerful you take one dragon at a time but I think that's it healing is a journey right we're on yeah. this journey we don't have to it's not like much as I would like to wake up and be healed, <laughs> it's like I'm in a constant process because I always say to people, for me to get to this age, I like most of my childhood, I was dealing with certain things that were triggering me and traumatizing me and re-traumatizing me and changing my personality indefinitely and making me feel powerless constantly for like years and years, right? And most of us think that, oh, if I just do this and then within a week, I'll be like that. It's like, it's not realistic because <laughs> that literally is, uh, you've got like all these years and years of memories that you need to unpack. And let's not forget like other lifetimes of memories that are also coming through and impacting you. Yeah, definitely. And like mm -hmm. a lot of people say, um, uh, it's not the destination, it's the path, you know? Mm. Something to that, I would say, um, it's not the path, it's the journey. Mm. So it doesn't matter how, how traumatized you are, how many traumas you have, how sort of, um, uh, like some people have a path that is laid with golden bricks and other people have a path with lots of potholes. Mm. And, uh, and even though, like one path is more difficult than the other. It doesn't say anything about the journey. The journey mm -hmm. is you 
can control. You can decide if your journey will be something worth your while. Yes. A path you walk. So I, I would say it's not the destination, it's not the path, but it's the journey that is really important. Yes. Thank you for that. That is so, so important. So I'm very interested. And I learned it from <laughs> you. never from asked you. you this question. Uh, when we started working together, what did you think we'd be doing? I know, so Rainio was introduced to me by another client of mine, right? That happens a lot, guys. So a lot of my private clients are referrals from other clients and everything because I've got a set number of spots. So what did you think we were going to be doing? I know because you were like, no, we're not going to do a lot of work on the money thing. Even though I was like, no, everything is a, a touches on the money. Yeah, and we yeah. don't necessarily work on the money. What did you assume we we're going to do? Well, I mean, I, I think uh, I trusted the person who recommended you. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I always, I already had faith from the start, but because I saw uh, like, uh, like all the money things on the website and stuff, <laughs> I really thought, and also I first did the bank account. Um, um, oh yeah, I yeah. asked you to do the bank account challenge first. Yeah, I started with the bank account challenge. So, so I, I, it's, I, I real, at the beginning I was like, okay, but so we are going to talk about money all the time, and is money then like a way to 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 deal with other stuff as well? And uh, so for me, it was kind of confusing. Because I thought in the beginning, yeah, but I don't have any money issues. But then uh, during our sessions, I actually realized, no, but the way you look at your money is almost, it's almost like the way you're looking at yourself. It's yeah. almost like, like the, the way you deal with money. Like if you love yourself, then you treat yourself. You use money to, to show love to yourself. Ooh. And if you, if you hate yourself, then either you don't spend your money or you don't spend your money wisely or you, or you hate yourself because you don't have any money. So money is such an important thing in, in our lives. Yep. Maybe unfortunately, yep. but it, it is so important. So it is kind of a mirror to yourself, to your own like, uh, like evaluation of yourself. Mm, definitely. Um, okay. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> I'm really, and, really. And then there was live. Look, and then I mean, there was live. Yeah, Look, I unbelievable. Have to pause the recording as you can see because in the Netherlands it's summertime and <laughs> it got dark. It, even though like we're recording this at nighttime in South Africa, like 9.30 p.m. in both countries, I guess. Summer looks different day in summer, we're in winter. Oh. But yeah. we're heading to spring. Yeah, oh, you have to give your head. <laughs> and spring, spring in Cape Town is so beautiful. Like it's like when you walk there on the mountain or you go to mm -hmm. Newness Forest. Wow, spring is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Hey, like I feel like being in Cape Town in general is always a happy thing for me. So I feel like it doesn't have to be spring for me, for me to just like rejoice, but it's just gonna, it's great that like it gets to be spring. And yeah. I'm here. Mm, okay, <laughs> so I'm so interested in like um, how you saw working together. And I'm so glad that you took that plunge, but 
like you said, it was someone that you trusted and you were like, yeah, I, that makes a big difference. I, I know that, like for myself as well. So yeah. just having people that you know whose judgment you can trust that are like, no, you must definitely do this. And, and it was, it was also our, our first conversation, like, like the first time we, we, we met. Uh, um, uh, and it, I, I don't even think it was uh, like a session, but it was really like sort of a meet and greet. Like the, from that moment on, I already knew that that it was going to be very powerful because it's yeah, it's like everybody who's listening to the pod or is watching the podcast, uh, yeah, they they know you and it, it's like you are uh, uh, like such a like such a beautiful person and you're always always so wise and you so you already did told told me a lot of uh, words of wisdom and uh, so I was already like uh, I knew that this was going to be an amazing. Uh, session, oh, a series of sessions with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And now, since the sessions, uh, yeah. you've alluded a little to how your life has changed. Can you give us like three definite shifts? Um, you've told us how your career has changed, but can you also tell us any other shifts that you've had in your life? Um, yeah. That you've seen from our work, from us working together, and just you going on your healing journey. Because all I do is really hold space for people. Yeah, but it's it's uh, that's very very important. I like like I I think that uh, you holding space that that really opened up so much in my life and probably in uh, a lot of people's lives. Um, and uh, and I would say for me like. Like my, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it, that, that a lot of lives, uh, like the friend that recommended me, her life also really shifted. And, she also uh, changed careers. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to be like, crap, almost everyone that she interviews, apart from the creatives, change careers. What's going yeah. on? Guys, don't be scared if you're like not in your soul purpose. So it's not me that does this. Your soul, you connect with your soul. And it just, it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Rania, but it doesn't feel difficult, the shift, right? It feels like no. a sigh and a relaxation because you're moving into your purpose. So I'm sure it, like if you were moving from another career into another industry that had nothing to do with your soul calling, it would feel extremely difficult. But when you're doing something that is your calling, it's completely different. Yeah, I, I, would, I can even reverse it. Like actually trying to not listen to your calling, it's more exhausting than actually listen to your calling and go for it. So yeah. probably everybody's truth, now- Truth, yeah. actually. Why do we go to school and get told, like when someone goes, I want to be a dancer, and then a well-meaning teacher goes, but you're so great at science and math, you should be an engineer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like, and we wake up like, I don't know, like 20 years later, and we're like, oh, I feel drained and exhausted because you've been going against your entire soul your whole life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the moment you actually follow your calling and actually listen to what you actually are are why you are here and and what you're what you can do with 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 uh, with with fulfilling your dreams and things are flowing much better and um yeah for me like i think i'm still like it's not it's not that 
I'm not cured, I'm not healed, I'm still like uh, like uh, finding my footing, and uh, but it's it's going very well. And uh, I think one of the the biggest uh, shifts uh, that happened to me was also that I found a lot of peace within myself. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to 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 quickly make that transition to uh, become like the, the most famous fi- uh, film director uh, that lives on earth and win all the Oscars and stuff. But right now I, I feel also uh, that, of course, that it's great to have such achievements, but for me, my, achievements is, my, uh, my achievement is to create and to make movies. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's like my, where my focus is on. So my focus is not less all over the place, it's much more like in a very tran- tranquil kind of peaceful way. I'm just moving forward step, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And that feels, yeah, that also feels uh, great because I, that, that sense of peacefulness also comes from not having anxiety issues anymore. Or yeah. Having- and I feel, guys, it's not that I don't want, because people often listen, listen to this podcast and they'll hear like, the, um, uh, the student before you, the guest before you that I interviewed, um, Lirato, she's episode 41, I think, episode 40, um, yeah, <laughs> somewhere there, and I interviewed her, and we had this conversation, and she was sharing how, like, when she wanted to get an extra apartment in Lesotho, Maseru, she now lives in North Carolina, like, why do I say North Carolina? Oh my God, no. She lives in Arizona, America, yeah. in the US. <laughs> Thinking of one of my friends in North Carolina. But um, she was, so she was sharing how, like, I was like, yeah, definitely. Your whole salary is going to get the, uh, is going to pay for this apartment and for the rent. Go for it. And as a money coach, I feel like, guys, I promise you, I do care about people's savings and people's income. <laughs> but I think, one of the things that I've always been very clear on is we it's better for us to create from a place of peace and calm. There's no point in having a director that has all the accolades and doesn't have inner peace and doesn't enjoy the process yeah. of creating, right? Like that the process of creating gives anxiety because I remember us having this conversation that if you can find peace in just creating for the sake of creating, then you would be able to take on more jobs every time. You'd be able to do more projects and more projects. And just through love averages, a lot of those are going to do well and be well-known. Some of them won't, but some of them will be. And it's just perfect, right? Eventually the accolades come. But if you are rolled up into like a little like wound up tight, if every project is life or death and is not about the process of enjoyment and just creating for the sake of enjoyment, then it's going to be harder and harder to take on projects because every project needs to be perfect. Yeah, right? and that pressure and, makes you very indecisive or yeah. uh, you, you, you start to jinx it just because you think you can't do it. It creates a lot of stress, unnecessary stress and a lot of fear and not anxiety so the moment you just create and, and actually the reason that i want to be a filmmaker is that i enjoy the process of filmmaking mm-hmm. for me it's not uh the ego boost of uh, of uh, getting uh, lots of awards because like th- that's the ego thing so so mm-hmm. i think that's not really the reason why you should be anything 
in the world. Like the, the most important thing for me is that that I can able that I'm able to to uh, write or develop stories and and show that to people. And that's is something that whole process is something that I love the most. And then the moment it's done, then I, and I let it go, and it, I, I I give it to the universe. Then the universe can do whatever they want to do because I already had my greatest time. I already had the I already did the the the, the fun part. Mm. So I think that comes next. And I love that, right? And it's almost like then I feel like what you've just described is co-creation, and it's what people mean by surrender. You know, when when people say let go and surrender is that is that I do my very best and then I let it go yeah you know and then I trust the process and I think it's hard like when we are anxious and scared <laughs> we often will often be like no but I'm trusting the process <laughs> sometimes I'll say to people well maybe get into your body and your emotional state and then like really be with your emotions and you'll realize that you're not always trusting the process Trusting the process means literally is that is that what you've just described? I do my best, I come in, I enjoy it, I create, and then I let it go. What yeah. happens from then on is the universe's part, right? There's certain things that like all we can do is our very best. The marketing people for the form can do their best. Everyone is going to do their best within the process. And yeah. then up to a point, some things are gonna wildly succeed even when you don't expect them to and some things will not do as well even when you expect them to you know and that is life and yeah. I think most times I feel like most times we've been taught with the law of attraction movement that we can control everything you know that every single thing is within our control and I'm like not really because some things it's like we are a collective. Like I feel like COVID has really humbled us from that kind of yeah. mindset, right? It's like, I can control myself, but I can't force my neighbor to wear a mask. I can't control my neighbor. Yeah, right? and you can't say, I don't have time for COVID. You also can't say that. I don't have time exactly. for COVID. So, so I feel cool. like we have been taught that, but also there's there's some things where you have to sit back and look at like how much of a role is ego playing in this, you know? So I've often been a big believer in, I can control what I can control, what is within my thing, which is exactly what you're talking about, which is the work that I do, how much I give, how I show up, how much I enjoy the process, all that. But certain things are out of my control, yeah. you know? And that's that, like, I can't control how people receive something. Like when I write anything, I can't control how people receive that piece of writing, how they interpret it. Even though, gosh, when I started, I wanted to control all those things. <laughs> and then yeah. I later learned that I can't, I have to just let it be. Yeah. And then the joy of creating, the joy of the process, that is something that you, you can control. That's something that you can mm -hmm. own. And so that's why it's so important that if that you find something that you really love to do and then just do it. And then yeah. even, even though you sometimes feel like failure is also part of like learning something new. And, and, and so, so the more you are trying new stuff, the more you have moments of failure. So if you don't fail in life, 
and actually you haven't done anything. So you just mm -hmm. have to be open for the possibility that sometimes you fail. And yeah. as long as you love the process, then there's it's, there's nothing, it's all fine because you yeah. are enjoying the things that you're doing. And then from that joy, those successes will also come. Yeah, actually, you know, that is my big secret as in entrepreneurship as to why I'm able to go continue consistently doing entrepreneurship. I didn't used to think I, was, I had the kind of personality that could stick out building a company like Wealthy Money, starting other projects and seeing them through. I love starting things, right? Yeah. That's obvious. Like I'm starting, I've got like the Money Magic podcast. I've got the Property Magicians podcast. So I love starting things, guys. Like I love putting processes in place, et cetera. But I never thought I had the staying power to keep showing up every day to do certain things, right? Because I used to think, excitement is new thing that was always my thing like I yeah. never believed that excitement could be something in the consistency and steadiness and one day I think when I was in the middle of wanting like six months into wealthy money I was like no I want something new I want like the consistent change I mean like I think that may be also why I move countries so much move cities all that but what I learned was that actually the trick is in finding the things you enjoy and like allowing yourself to go deeper and deeper in the joy. Like, yeah. how do you put it? It's almost like sucking joy deeper and deeper. Cause I realized that actually one day I'll learn something else and it will be a small thing and it will bring me joy. And then I'll learn something else and I'll learn something else. So that's also when I started realizing that I don't have to follow any one strategy. I can literally build something that brings me joy and is a pleasure to me, you know? And somehow it will be a pleasure to others because that joy and pleasure will shine through, you know? And it will attract other people to want to be part of this, either as freelancers who work for wealthy money or as employees that work for wealthy money all sorts of things. So that has been my secret is that like, do the things that you enjoy in the business and do them. And e so that even when you do them consistently, they are your pleasures every single day. You look forward to doing them. And that's why so I you, think it's so, it's important. So you just told everyone your secrets? You just told everyone your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it, and you know what? Even when it gets hard, I find that I'm able to stick with it. I, I know most people may not believe this, but I, I did used to have a, a non-resilient personality. Is that even like a, a thing to describe a personality? But like, um, this is how I learned to be resilient. You know, it was just to find joy in the yeah. everyday things and in the mundane and in the work that I do and. So like to show up, to do the stuff that I need to do consistently hasn't, it no longer feels like this big struggle, you know? Yeah. And that was, so what you're talking about with joy and enjoying the process, who, like, I think that is one of the biggest things that changed my life for me. Or else like every week, every six months, I think I'd be the kind of person that's like, oh, I need to start another company. I need to do this. I need to do this. And I'm like, I actually want to see this and see how far I can grow it, how I can scale it. And I've got the patience for that because I truly enjoy the process.
Yeah, yeah, and I think if you if you are at a point where you're really enjoying your own process, then you also are listening to or or observing your own joy uh, more and more and more, and then you also start to understand that there's certain kinds of joy, uh, and some mm -hmm. kind of joy is just very ephemeral; it just comes and it goes quickly. So mm -hmm. that kind of joy uh, maybe is, is something that is fun, but then. Uh, it doesn't last forever. And then at a certain point, you, you come across uh, forms of joy that really last forever. Like like the mm -hmm. moment you realize that if you build a company and you start a company and you see it grow and grow and grow, yeah. there's maybe a kind of joy that's even a longer kind of joy. So I really yeah. started to listen to myself and then also start to, to, to analyze which kinds of joys come on my path and 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 so right now i i really start to understand what i really like and some and i actually realized that what i liked a couple of years ago were more like those quick sort of fixes of joy like a yeah. quick fix of joy and right now i realize that certain kinds of joy are that i really like are the long lasting kinds of joy the joys yeah. that that were really fulfilling and um mm. So I think that with what you've said about the quick fixes of joy and the different types of joy, right? I think this is like, you know, in Vipassana where we talk about chasing sensations. So many of us um, experience that kind of joy. So I, I get you. And, you know, a funny thing that happened when I started focusing on the joy of the process, um, talking about quick fix joys, I always wanted, I was always the kind of person that wanted, like lived for the big moments in life, you know, like I wanted yeah. the spectacular moments, the, oh yes, I'm going to this party and I'm going to dress like this, I'm going to talk to this person <laughs> and oh my gosh, I'll be given this accolade or whatever, you know, and so I used to fixate on those moments and I remember when I was I think it was around about the same time when I was having this realization around process was that, but those moments happened far and few between in, li uh, in life, right? Although Instagram would have us believe that they happen often, yeah. right? They're like, even as a traveler, like most people are like, oh my gosh, like I had one woman say, um, one of uh, the Money Magic students was like, oh, she's a producer. And she was like, she wants to do a documentary. Well, not a documentary, but a reality show of my travels. And I was like, actually it is these moments that you see me take on for a Facebook Live or Instagram Live or whatever. They happen like maybe once a day, like an hour a day or something. They are not consistent, sunsets, happen once a day <laughs> sunrise yeah. happens once a day like i'm not constantly hiking it's not possible to keep having those sustained moments so i had to stop and so that realization helped me fall in love with life there's no other way to explain it because i remember having this realization that life is a lot of the mundane things you know <laughs> it's in the way you eat it's the food that you eat it's like waking up in the morning it's your morning routine it's often the repetitive things and we often and yet it's not the repetitive things that we highlight in life right so those are not the things that we rush to tell people about we always rush for the big moments that give us the adrenaline rushes and that's the stuff but it's like 
80% of life or even 70% of life for some people. It's like the consistent mundane things. And they are all the things that we all do. We all have to eat. We all have to drink water. We all have to go to the bathroom. We all have to sleep. You know, we all have to get dressed. That's those are the moments and yet those are the moments that we tend to rush through so I remember having this decision and I call it a decision within myself where I was like I'm gonna actively enjoy those moments I'm gonna pursue those moments and I'm gonna enjoy them because hell if this is 80% of my life I might as well enjoy it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and I think those uh the, 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 a lot of stuff you don't see on Instagram is also because like they are not very photographical. They're not like photogenetic. So if, if a lot of people have so many great moments on the day, like they had like a very funny thought or they, 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 they smelled like uh, the fresh uh, air after a rain. Like you can't put Instagram. So you don't see that. So, so yeah, I think you should always like, uh, like all, all the, all the, all, all these kind of uh, Facebook and Instagram um, uh, kind of tools. They are very limited, and and that's mm. and that's also how you should see them. They really only show like a little part of, of how life can be, and uh, mm. and uh, but all the highlights are found in the mundane stuff. You're right. You're right. They really are. It took me years to see that and. I think when we're chasing the quick, like the fast joy, right? That's like the night in the club, (laughs) incredible life experience. Like where we're like, oh my God, like my uh, being on stage where you're being given an, uh, an award. It's like that happens if that was your focus in your career. That happens, yes, it's important, but like it's all the mundane things that lead to that award. It's all the consistent processes that you do over time that lead to that award, right? You you just, a very few people wake up and then they have that award. We see the ending and not the process, right? And I think this is so important what you said. And so if we're living for the accolades, they also only happen that five minutes when you're giving that speech yes you'll have the award for everybody to see but that high is a five minute high oh my gosh I won that realization right it's five minutes but like everything else leading up to that is the most important thing so process and being present and loving the process so important yeah exactly yeah that process is so much more important than those five minutes of uh of of a high yeah yeah so love love this so I am interested in what are some of the three lessons if you can come up with three like I'm putting you on the spot (laughs) three lessons you've learned on your healing journey so apart from what we've just discussed about process present all this other stuff what are some three lessons if you had to give a young creative who's starting out on this journey? What are some things that you've learned as you've gone on your healing journey? To if I if I also thinking about like staying too creative, like somebody else from the well, industry. actually, everyone's listening to this podcast, not yeah. a creative, but everyone. <laughs> what are some three lessons that you've learned from your healing journey um, that you would uh, like to share? 
Well, I think one thing is that um, it's good to to turn around certain thoughts that you have. So mm. the moment you you have a negative thought, like every, especially in a creative process, mm. you you come there. There, it's 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 kind of you're always looking for that moment that you are like flowing and you are like uh, everything is going. Uh, automatically so when you're writing you're always hoping that you're on that high uh, uh, wave mm -hmm. and uh, and you're not always there and then you start uh, to, to think negatively like yeah, you can't write you can't you, you, you're, you're not good at what you do and and those moments I've learned from you that you can just also uh, turn those thoughts around you just basically you examine those thoughts like mm -hmm. uh, and and then um, yeah, actually neutralize them. Tell like give you have a little conversation with yourself, and then you actually realize those thoughts are just your fear, and just uh, yeah, you just want yourself to be something else on that moment, but you're not, and you just have to um, accept where you are in the process, and uh, and you don't need to be negative about it. So mm -hmm. that was something just to turn around thoughts. Um, just to see things from other perspective, that really is was a great lesson. Yeah. Um, meditate. That all thoughts are true, guys. Like that's what I teach all my clients. I'm like, all thoughts are both true and untrue, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> they just, it just, they just are. <laughs> we don't have to fight them. And I love what you said about neutralizing them. It's actually the best explanation yeah. I because neutralizing doesn't mean that you have to kill them it's yeah. not that kind of neutralizing it's literally making them neutral making yeah. them strip them from uh whichever value you're giving them and most of the time you yeah. give something a negative value so strip yeah. them from the negative value you've given it and uh, and make it a neutral thought like oh i'm thinking this okay yeah mm -hmm. And uh, what else? Well, meditating. Like, I think um, I also learned that uh, a lot of times um, meditating really um, helps you put things uh, into perspective or basically organize your thoughts or get back into your energy, get back into your focus. So, um, yeah, thanks to you, I actually meditate much more. I meditate every day. Um, and uh, sometimes uh, I, I meditate just a very sh a short amount of time, sometimes a little bit longer, but it's always, it's very helpful. And also it's, it really recharges my battery as well. So I really love meditating and, uh, and, uh, and yoga. Like for me, there are ways to just uh, uh, revitalize myself. And, 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 and uh, that's something that, uh, that you, yeah, that's something that you pointed out that how, how important it is. And uh, yeah, I think, I think you also said to me once, um, like if you don't have time to meditate, then it means that you have to meditate more. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think you said- Yeah, it, it sounds it, like me. <laughs> if you're so overwhelmed, you don't have time to meditate, then like your life is, is too overwhelming. You need to yeah. meditate. Yeah, to meditate more. So yeah, so that's uh, what what I uh, yeah, that's something that I really learned uh, from you. And um, yeah, to be fearless, to basically, if you want something, uh, just do it and just uh, 
make plans to go for it. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, the time is now. So just start now and just do it, do it and make a plan and uh, start to see how you can, I don't know, if, if, it, if, it, uh, if it's something that, uh, that needs money, then how can you afford it? Or how, how, how can you find a way to finance your ideas? So you don't, I think the practical things, the practical tools that you, you gave me were also very important. It was not only I'm like- I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So I'll... my final question. Oh, yeah. I was gonna ask a different question, but like the one that I really wanna ask um, is because I know this is seen as something that is very much for women. Let's talk self-care. Yeah. Like let's talk about how your self-care routine has completely like, I mean, like you've just upped it, you know? And what have you learned from that? Because I think the reason why I feel it's important to ask this is because we live in a society that is so patriarchal and so damaging to both men and women, right? Yeah. Like where we tend to think that, ooh, self-care is a feminine thing. Like, and we very rarely take a talk about self-care um, you don't see a lot of men talk about self-care. Let me just put it like that. But part of your thing, because you were coaching with me, I was just like, <laughs> self-care is on the agenda on a weekly basis. How has that been like for you? And what have you learned from that? And tell us, and do share some of your routines, like inspire some of the men listening to this podcast. Yeah, well, first of all, I was very bad in taking care of myself like uh, I, I even forgot to, to drink water like uh, during the day like it was yeah. uh, I was it, I was not thinking about how I could make myself feel better I was only like focused on work and uh, mm -hmm. focused on other people but not about uh, taking care of myself um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was because uh, I'm a man and, and, and because I, I, I've been uh, raised by a very strong mother who, uh, who also showed me that, uh, that, uh, that masculinity is, uh, is very toxic and, uh, and, uh, and that, uh, that I shouldn't be um, like, uh, like those kinds of uh, men. So I, from, from, from early age, I already knew that I shouldn't be uh, a toxic person. Um, but nevertheless, I wasn't able to take care of myself. And, um, and thanks to my sessions with you, uh, and especially what you told me, like, like you are very, like you're so good at taking care, good care of yourself. And uh, you, you summed up all the things that you did. And, and I started to realize, yeah, that, that, like, <laughs> like it's, it's an act of self-love. Like yeah. loving yourself is so important. And you, can't, you, can, you can look in the mirror and say, I love you. But uh, which is also very important. But yeah. to do actually the act of loving yourself, to actually do something which is with yourself uh, uh, in terms of taking care of yourself, that is like true act of self-love. So, so thanks to our sessions, I I started very small. I like I was hydrating myself and I cooked nice food for myself. So there were some small steps, and then it progressed like. Um, from meditation to yoga to sometimes buy nice stuff for myself or sometimes to tr treat myself um, 
to go to a spa or to uh, go for a massage, even though I don't do that a lot still. Uh, <laughs> no, massage spas, right? Yeah. would love to hear this. <laughs> yeah, but it's still like, like I think you once told me that you do it like once a week. Well, yeah, I, I, do. I do it like once every six months. But, uh, <laughs> but, but still, every time I do it, I actually have to think about our sessions and I'm like, yeah, Mangila is right. Like doing things like uh, like uh, like going to a spa or or treating yourself or that is so um, important and yeah. it really it really makes you like it it really uh, establishes or continues to to have uh, to create like a great relationship between you and yourself. And, yeah, um, you get into your body, right? Yeah, you get into your I mean, body. And even like how you say you take time for yourself. Like I also think self-care isn't just the massages, right? It's the things that you're doing. Like yeah. you're taking time out to meditate every day, to check in with yourself, you know, yeah. to say, hey, self, how am I doing? Most of us struggle with that. Like most people struggle with that. Just to do that check in, it feels like, oh my gosh, I should be working because that's how we've been taught to behave with the system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually, like right now, I'm, I'm writing a screenplay. Uh, and, um, and then you also realize that in terms of productivity, the moment I uh, meditate or the moment I just go to, a, to with my basketball to a court and play a little bit of ball uh, mm -hmm. during the day, during, during a working day, Actually, I'm way more productive. Like the moment mm -hmm. I have like a like half an hour of taking good care of myself, I'm way more productive than just uh, being tired, sitting behind your laptop, not mm -hmm. not feeling inspired, not feeling feeling in your power. So actually, when you treat yourself or you take care of yourself, you energize yourself, and then you actually mm -hmm. are more productive. So at the end of the day, you actually are able to achieve more by mm -hmm. sometimes take a little break and and treat yourself yeah wow this is so exciting we love this kind of discussions on this podcast right here treating yourself taking time <laughs> off resting, like how that all helps with productivity this is the thing that we live for but I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day your evening to come have a chat with me and to record the podcast right here I really appreciate it. Before you go, though, please, can you tell us what you are looking for from coming on the podcast? You can ask for anything. We have people in all disciplines and all walks of life. I pride myself on being a coach who doesn't coach coaches. Obviously, you're not a coach. <laughs> <laughs> the person that referred you to me is not a coach. Like I, like, I pride myself on that, right? So, And how can people get hold of you? <laughs> well, first of all, I just wanted to do this just to just have like a nice conversation with you. That was actually my first objective, Aww. just to celebrate uh, uh, me and you, like like uh, that we uh, that we had sessions together, yeah. and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a filmmaker and a screenwriter. I do a lot of uh, script consultancies for uh, yeah for uh, Hollywood movies and for uh, mm -hmm. other uh, European and South African productions. So if anybody has a screenplay or a screenplay idea and they want to uh, uh, bounce ideas with uh, like a fresh pair of eyes, 
and uh, somebody who, who who's from the industry and, and has uh, a lot of experience, then they can always contact me. Um, also, um, I'm always looking for um, screenwriters with amazing ideas that uh, would love to collaborate on a, on a job. Um, so if you are a screenwriter or if you uh, uh, want to uh, write more, um, you can always contact me and uh, let's see if we can uh, collaborate. Mm, I love it. And how do people get hold of you? Well, they can write me email to info at reiniersmith.com. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like, is my name on the podcast in the beginning or? My, oh my yeah, name? people oh. can see it on, if I you're watching see. YouTube, they can see your name at the bottom. Okay. Um, but I will also, we will, your name will also be in the description of the podcast, everything. So guys, if you're not sure about how to write Rania's name and surname, it's all going to be in the description of this podcast. So you can stop, look at the description, even on YouTube. If you're listening in on YouTube, just stop and look um, on YouTube. Yeah. And even though I'm now in the Netherlands, I'm still working in uh, South Africa. And uh, so I'm often uh, in South Africa as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rania. And guys, thank you, thank you for joining in. <laughs> Thank you, Vangila. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, this has been so much fun. And um, guys, do join us for the next episode next week. Of course, if you loved this podcast, please leave us a comment on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube or on Podbean, iTunes, or, um, uh, Podbean and iTunes. I don't know if you can use <laughs> comments on Spotify. I don't think so. But give us a rating, a five-star rating on iTunes, please. And leave us a review on iTunes. And if you're loving these po this podcast and these guests and what they say about working with me, and doing the money magic course um, right now I don't have any private spots for one-on-one -on -one coaching clients but do check out the money magic course and register or get on the mailing I'll get on the waiting list if the course is not open for registration go to wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic again wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic I will see you guys in the next episode have a fantastic day further cheers Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.